We're Lewis and Pete from Personal Trainer Paul. We've built up over 14 years of combined experience personal training and now we're here to help gym floor personal trainers to earn more money, get more clients and reduce the stress and anxiety of starting out in the industry. Let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome back to episode 35 of the Personal Trainer Portal podcast. Today we're going to be talking about top five habits of successful personal trainers. What do you make of that, Pete? You know what? It sounds like a really good topic. And it does, whoever doesn't came it? up with this topic, I mean, fair play to them. Fair play to them. On a more serious note, have you got any more any more would you rather's? Well, I'm glad you've come to me on this because I, I actually do, yeah. So, um, not as serious as some of them, of the more recent ones. We had a bit of the last one. Do you remember the last well, one? Well, the last had? one wasn't serious at all. Oh, the, <laughs> I mean, it was in the gutter, wasn't it? It was we the nipple the gutter fingers. for that. Do you want nipple-sized fingers or yeah. finger-sized nipples? Yeah, so that was it? episode 33, yeah. And we've been inundated with um, answers on that, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Um, so yeah, but yeah, today I thought I'd go down the lines of, uh, disgusting, uh, ones again. So <laughs> I know you're, you're buzzing for this Lewis, aren't you? So let me get started with this one. So would you rather, um, do really, really, really loud farts, right? But there'd be Don't no smell. Yeah. Yep. Or. There'd be no noise, but they would smell horrific. Go. And if if anyone's tuning in today, and this is their first podcast, <laughs> Lewis loves to analyse my would you rather's and probably puts in far too much thought into these would you rather's. But here we go, Lewis. What have you got? So if it's the one where you it there's no sound but it stinks like you could do it and no one really would know that it was you like you could just say it wasn't you because there's no you know evidence yeah but it was you let's unpick that a little so you're in the taxi right it's you (laughs) the taxi driver and you've got a fart now you've picked you would rather have the horrific smelling one, but no noise. Now I haven't picked that one. I was just let's, analyzing no, it. All right, let's just analyze. Let's say you've picked this one, right, okay. hypothetically, and you've picked that. So you have dropped a bomb in that taxi, right? There's only you and the taxi driver, he or she, right? Now, you know it was you. The taxi driver knows it was not him or her. <laughs> so they know it's you. So in that scenario, what are you thinking? You can't blame anyone else. You just got to run up to it, don't you? Well, I should not say anything. So you'd say, sorry, sorry, guys, that was me. It's, I know it's terrible. Because we're talking like open sewer, terrible. Or... So terrific. Or it's literally like a fairy horn. You know, like everyone stops and going to have a look. Like, where the hell did that come from? But if it's really loud, it's like, even if it doesn't smell, but if it's really loud every single time, it's like you literally can't fart anywhere because, you know, because everyone's going to be looking I, at you. Because everyone I don't it. know. 
I don't know if you've done a would you rather, but the idea is I'm trying to put you in a, a situation where there's not really a best outcome. <laughs> and, and this is, this well, is there where isn't I've gone a today. I mean, I'd rather just fart normally like any normal person, but you're asking me but the that's question. that's not an option, Lewis. And that's not how would you rather would work. Well, I'm going to say one. I'm going to go with the... I don't know, actually. <laughs> I'm second guessing. <laughs> the, the suspense, and then you just killed it all there. The um, build up, and then, oh, I don't know, actually. Well, what would you pick? So I, I think it's one of them, isn't it? That it's like a rock and hard place, isn't it? You either, you know, let off a really loud noise. And you get away with you're knackered either the smell. One, either one, really. I, th I think I'd go loud noise. Yeah, because, I think I would. I would as well. You know, even if I know what you're saying, you could blame someone else if you're in that situation, but you would still have to smell it. And it's Do you know like, what I mean? Thing is, though, if it's loud, right? It's like, yeah, everyone has a little giggle, but then that's it because there's no smell. So it's like there's no awkward after um, aftermath. Then, what if you're in a situation? I'm trying to think of a situation but then the I suppose, where you can't make a loud noise. Yeah, like a like a library or a library, you know. or maybe you're fearing for your life. There's an intruder in the house, and <laughs> instead <laughs> of killing don't... him with the smell, you give up your position of the house because you've let off a bomb. But then, if it was loud enough, you might. Um, versus eardrums and that is going to cause some sort of major confusion where you could either disarm him or make your escape him or her I, I think it's got a little bit out of uh, now. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the loud one that I've answered it you're going to, you've gone with loud yeah okay I'm not, you're sticking with loud. Yeah, I'm sticking with loud. I've, you know, final answer. Final answer. You're is is the like? I'm imagining, you know, what's that show where Jeremy Clarkson used to be Chris Tarrant? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, I've, I've locked in my answer. Am I now going to find out if I'm right and I've won the money? Would you rather? Doesn't work like that. There's oh. not actually a right or a wrong answer. Oh. Yeah. I'm joking. I don't I, have you have you watched that recently? By the way. No, I haven't. I know Jeremy Clarkson does it, though. Well, because of COVID, there's no ask the audience, is that? Well, who are you asking, then? Well, the th they've got rid of it. You've got two phone calls. Oh, really? So you've got two phone calls, you've got a 50-50, and you've got ask uh, Jeremy. It's not ring the same person, is it? It's like, well, the second time you rang them, like, you're ringing again. You know, just do it well, yourself. I I tell you what, I, I watched one the other day in the, I think it was a woman, she rang a friend, I can't remember the question, didn't have a clue, and then she rang the next one, because she no, still no. didn't have a clue, rang the next one, oh yeah, it's this, and she was thinking, wow, I've got them the wrong way around, so yeah. she'd used two things on it, but if she just rang the first person, the second person first, she would have still had a lifeline, didn't end well for her. No. Just like the person who farts, doesn't uh, doesn't let off a noise, but it stinks.
Anyway, uh, next episode, you need to come up with one. Yeah, I do actually, don't I? It's been I mean, a lot of you. I can't wait for this one. I'll research one, but I imagine it'll be horrific. Your oh, one, yeah, but uh, just I know your mind. So. <laughs> anyway, getting into more serious yeah, where were topics. We? <laughs> Top five habits of successful PTs. What is the what's number one, Pete? This isn't in you know like best to worst. Just what's one habit of a successful personal trainer then? Well, I think. If you've la- listened to the last uh, podcast um, where we did about our struggles as a PT, I think we both would have come to this uh, conclusion quite quickly from our experience, but it is consistency, isn't it? And it's it's doing those those small tasks. Tedious tasks. Tedious tasks, whether that is, you know, the simple stuff as looking presentable, whether that is doing your finances, whether that is doing marketing, you know, whatever it is, speaking to people, those sort of things, but doing them consistently. Um, and you don't often see a, a, a tangible result, I feel, with a lot of them, do you? But, you know, from doing lots of little things every day, it adds up to a big result. Exactly, you agree? Yeah. It's that snowball effect, isn't it? The more you do something, the more you've got the ball rolling, the bigger that ball's going to get. Before you know it, you've got a massive ball. Just got like a massive that. ball, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, consistency. That's what you're trying to say. Exactly. I, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I'd just say, yeah, exactly. So you've, you've just got to nail those those daily tasks, basically, but you go those. Yeah. So I would say the second habit of successful PTs is they speak to a lot of people. They speak a lot of to a lot of people on the gym floor. We speak about this all the time on the podcast. A successful personal trainer knows that they need to speak to a lot of people. And they know that the more people they speak to, the more chance they are going to have of picking up clients. Yes, they need to have a specific, not script they need to you know have where they speak to everyone with the exact same words but a loose script they need to say to everyone but overall they know that they have to speak to a lot of people on the gym floor on a daily weekly and monthly basis if they're not speaking to a lot of people on a daily basis they're not going to pick up many clients so i would say that is the second successful habit of a pt they speak to a lot of people on the gym floor well, um, just before we get into the next one, I think what's a really important thing to just tag on to what you've said there, Lewis, is that it's it's obviously talking to as many people as possible, but with all those people, they're going to be different, aren't they? Especially if you're in a commercial gym. And one sort of um, phrase I was told, you know, a ridiculous amount of time was, you have to be a chameleon. So what do I mean by that? So it basically means you have to adapt, whether it's your wording, the way you approach people, the way you talk to them, your tone, all of that, depending on who's in front of you. So if you've got, you know, a pensioner, you know, someone that's maybe needs, you know, a little bit of help in the gym, you would talk to them in a certain way. Then if you've got, you know, maybe a 20 year old woman or a girl or boy you would maybe you know that's really into the gym you would maybe talk to them in a different way and use maybe more gym terminology 
Um, but you've you've got to sort of adapt to what's in front of you, and and by doing that, you'll you'll you know build that know like and trust because people see that you can relate to their situation. Do you agree? Exactly. It's all about being relatable. If you know how to speak to people of all ages, of all different backgrounds, then I can guarantee that you'll be halfway there to being a successful PT purely just from that, because you know how to speak to pretty much everyone who comes. If you're a successful PT, you can have full confidence in that whoever comes through the doors, you could talk to them and have a good conversation with them. So that's the second habit. Third habit. Third habit. I think it's it's keeping your service high, isn't it? So we've we've touched on this before, a five-star service, haven't we? Um, and it, it's going the sort of extra mile, you know, fr- thriving, excuse me, for more, um, for bettering that service. You know, we've talked about adding value before, haven't we, to your clients and gym members. But with your service, it's thinking, you know, put yourself in your client's shoes. What would you think of the service you're providing them? Is there something you're missing? Is there, you know, some resources you could give them to add value to the package of your coaching? Um, You know, is your communication up to scratch? Are your sessions enjoyable? You know, are the the boring? Do you need to change the way you're training people? Well, I mean, what would you add to that? I would say... We've, we've spoken about it in another podcast, haven't we? It's like when people say you, know, you need to add loads of value to your clients, it's like, well, what really is that? And it's all about that five-star service. And what we mean by that is adding everything you can to that client to make sure they get to their goals and not even just that, just make sure that they enjoy it. Because if someone enjoys doing something, they're going to stay for the long term. If you've got a high turnover of clients. There's probably something not quite right. Either one, you're not delivering results, or two, you they aren't enjoying it. As soon as they've got results, you deliver results to the client, and they enjoy it, they will stay for the long term. I think on, on that point as well, you know, if you, in, you know, your everyday life, if you go into a shop or go, stay in a hotel, and you receive really good five-star service or quality of service, you remember that, don't you? And, yeah. and it strikes a chord with you and you think, oh, this is great, you know, I'm getting treated well. And you're more likely um, to sort of tell more people, aren't you, um, when when someone offers that. And, that. and that's when you can get into referrals and word of mouth, you know, people are talking about Pete Rothwell or Lewis Horsley's PT service, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, it's great. You get this, that, and this. And Lewis or Pete relates to me in this. And it, you know, it, it just breathes. People will talk. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah. I think that that's a big one. That one actually is just making sure that the higher value, the higher service you offer, the more people will talk about it, the more clients you're going to get. So that's the third one. Fourth one, fourth habit of a successful PT is organization of programming and that includes stuff like content creation and all the back end stuff. So someone who's successful knows how to organize their programming for all the clients so that they, that doesn't mean that they spend all the time programming because 
you should know if you're a successful PT, you don't need to spend all your time programming. You should have backlogs of training programs, which a lot of your clients should be able to do. And you should be efficient at knowing how to structure it in a way so that you're not spending all your time doing it. You should have templates set up so that you can just quickly go in and do it. If you can spend five minutes doing someone's program compared to 15, and you're doing that for 15 clients, that's going to save up like hours of work each week. So a successful PT knows how to organize the programming and sort, up, sort out all of the systems on the back end. That includes creating content for stuff like social media, um, email autoresponders, um, anything, absolutely anything to do with the back end of the running of the business. Yeah, I mean, you touched on the back end stuff. So it's it's having those systems and structures. I know that we probably didn't have that at the start, did we? And And from building them up and putting a bit of time in there, like you're saying, you know, spending five minutes, it will save you a lot of time further down the line. Definitely. So if you get those systems and structures in place, so as soon as you, you have a consultation with the client, you do the consultation, you, you're taking the notes, you, you're then booking them in for the first session. In between that time, you know you need to maybe get a plan together. You know, it's the onboarding process. What, you know, can you get to them to help their journey? as you start to coach them and it, exactly it's all that, that side. Exactly it? that. So it's, that's what I mean. A successful PT will have everything set up and will know exactly what they need to do on a week to week basis to one, get more clients if they want to, and two, deliver value to their clients they already have. So that's the fourth one. Number five, do you want to go for this one, Pete? Yeah. So it's charging your worth. So there's a couple of ways I want to sort of discuss this. So, we touched on um, where we went wrong on the previous podcast. And, and that's probably, there's a few ways you can go wrong with charging your worth. It's first not literally charging what you should be for your time. You know, it's tricky when you go into a gym, you want to pick clients up for quickly. And, and quite often, you know, you want to sort of be competitive with price, but it's being brave to put, a price on your service so if you know your service is worth a lot you've, you've added a lot of value then you should be charging for that because if you're gonna undercharge you, you're not charging your worth you're, you're undervaluing your worth to potential clients exactly um, and i think as well going back to what you just said that is i think when you first start out you feel like you need to charge really low because people won't pay the higher prices but really if you've got everything set in place so that you know you can deliver a result to a client it doesn't matter what you're charging a person will pay for results a person won't pay for something just because it's charged by the hour they want to get from a to b if someone wants to lose for example 10 kilo by you know six months time and you know, and you've set out exactly how they are going to do that and how you're going to help them do that. They'll pay it, whether it's, you know, works out to be £60 an hour or £20 an hour, they'll pay it. And I think as well, um, you know, from my experience, when you you have a lot of these 
people in the gym and they come in the what you call a tire kicker. So they're they're there. They don't really know if they really want PT, but they they're just having a look about, you know, contemplating it, and they're they're going to a few different PTs trying to get their prices, see if they can get a deal. And quite often, you know, you'll you'll book them in for a consultation, and they were never fully committed or ready for PT, and you could argue sometimes that if they don't have PT after the consultation, maybe you didn't get the true value across to them of what your product is and what your service is. But then quite often they're just there looking for a cheap deal and they're not fully committed to it. And it's about not letting them put you off charging your worth. Exactly. Did you ever find that? Yeah, I completely agree. And it's just one of those where it's almost like a mindset shift. Once yeah. you know you can up your prices, for, especially for new clients, because you've got to remember as well, if you want to take on a client and you're worried about upping your prices, they don't know what you charged last week or last year. So it doesn't matter what you charge. You're almost a clean slate every time you take on a new client, as long as obviously they're not a referral because your um, person, the person they knew might know what they paid. But apart from that, make sure that you charging what you feel like you want to earn and we talk about this in our ebook we talk about this in our 12-week course we want to make sure that you are packaging your service to the point where you earn the most amount of money per hour so that you can maximize your revenue and you can maximize the amount of money you earn you don't want to be charging 15 20 even 25 30 pound an hour you know people were charging 30 quid in 2008 so there's no way you should be charging 30 pound an hour in 2021 so we need to make sure that you have the correct um, product packaging um, niche even so that you can create a product and create a service that members gym members will want to buy into because you they know that you can deliver the result they want and then that doesn't really have a price on it because they will pay people will pay those higher prices if they know they're going to enjoy it and they will get the result so We've got five things we've just said there. Number one was speaks to a lot of people. Number two was consistency with daily systems. Number three, keeps five-star service to clients. Number four, organization of programming and back-end stuff that includes content creation, etc. And number five, charges their worth. So they're all top five habits of successful personal trainers. Have you got anything else you want to say, Peter Rothwell? I think... One thing I will say is if you can get, um, well, the top five habits locked in and get confident with your product, with your package, whatever you're offering, I think a lot of the other things come because, you know, for example, if you're consistent, you will get successful. You will pick clients up. Um, you know, by doing that, you're, you're probably going to have to have a, a quite a high quality service, aren't you? Yeah. To do that. Um, you're going to have to have organization involved to keep on top of all that. Um, you're going to be speaking to a lot of people, but then you're also going to know your worth because you're confident of your product and what it can deliver. So you're not going to undersell yourself, are you? Exactly. Exactly. I'd almost say that if you nail all of these five habits, you, I can guarantee that you will be a successful PT. Guarantee it. And this is what we've created our 
12 week course around, isn't it? Essentially knowing yeah. how yeah. to create clients, earn more money and reduce the stress of being a PT. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to the description and see all the information. Apart from that, I hope you enjoyed that episode, episode 35 of the PTP portal code, PTP portal, PTP podcast, and we will see you in the next one. Cheers guys. Bye.